This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Before we get started with the episode, some some really, really unfortunate news that I think we all kind of learned the past couple of days and the fact that uh, a really key member of the club and someone who's gone leaps and bounds to making, I think, all the fans experience and a really great person overall, basically, and, and Lucy Dawson is no longer with us and... I still haven't quite got over it, actually. It's, it's quite really, really, really sad news and I think if everyone ever spoke to Luce, you, you'd understand how much of a kind-hearted, genuine person she actually was. Um, you know, I think my few interactions with her, she's absolutely lovely and we always go the extra mile to sort of um, help us in whatever we needed as a podcast and whatever, you know, Phil Don's actually mentioned what what um, she's done for them. And yeah, I think seeing that news the other night, this, yeah, it, it's, it's really sad. And I think our thoughts go out to all the friends, family and of course colleagues that Lucy had uh, during their time at the club and you know um, it's gonna take a while to get over I'm sure but we'll get over it in some cases but you know I think that's our job to make sure that you know her memory lives on throughout the club and especially into next season also where it's a big season but going forward so yeah I think our thoughts go out to Lucy and all of her friends family and colleagues and um, yeah may she, may she rest in peace. But yeah, it's been it's been what three weeks since you did an episode, so it's been a little while since you spoke. Um, of course, obviously the last time you probably spoke to, or probably heard from us was pre pre playoff semi finals, which of course ended the way they did. But Ross, how are we doing? Obviously, it's been a bit of a long break since we did this. Yeah, it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a weird recording, isn't it? Well, it seems a bit weird because obviously it's been such a long time. But um, yeah, it's 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 nice to obviously record an episode and. Um, our thoughts out of everything Milton Keynes in these past obviously couple of weeks yeah I think it was also nice to have that little mini break I know 
pre-season it's always difficult because we're going to have little gaps where there's going to be loads of news and not lots of news and it's going to be hard to record weekly but yeah it was nice to have a little break especially how the season did end and of course that second leg and take a step back a little bit but of course we're here now and Joe's also with us Joe how you doing? Yeah, no, yeah, not, not bad, thank you. It's a bit good, good, nice to have a break. It's not just the players that get tired. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I think it, it, it took me a good week to get over our playoff heartache. And um, But, I mean, I was made to feel a little bit better. Um, Ross and myself on Monday travelled to Nottingham to watch Notts County versus Grimsby. And uh, Notts County winning 1-0, conceded the 96th minute. Uh, to take it to extra time and then concede in the 119th minute to lose 2-1. So, um, yeah, could be worse, I guess. Yeah, I'm hoping for the same fate uh, for Mansfield this weekend against Port Vale, so I'll be heading to that one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing who comes on top of that one. Of course, we'll be playing one of those teams next season and we'll, we'll touch upon all the promoted and relegated teams uh, later on. Um, so, suppose a good place to start is talk about the retain list um of course it came out a little while ago um and it's, it's pretty standard procedure for most clubs these days to release this and dons have followed that trend uh, very nicely as um as these past few years have gone on so uh, we'll run through it now um so there's been 14 players who are currently contracted to the club and i'll read those names for the sake of everyone listening so harry darling jack davis moisa uh, Brooklyn Lunga, Lewis Johnson, Zach Jules, Dan Kemp, Dean Lewington, Warren O'Hora, Franco Rizzoli, Matt Smith and Scott Twine. And the club exercised the two options um, for another year of Daniel Harvey and tonight Watson. So those are the 14 currently contracted. Um, David Kasubu and Josh McKettrin have been offered contracts. And the, fo- and the following players have been released are Aidan Baldwin, Jay Bird, Hiram Boateng, John Freeman, Brandon Mason, and Connor Wickham. And of course, all of the lone players have returned to their parent clubs. So lads, 14 players currently at the club. Um, of course, squad 25 gets into the League One sort of squad list in some ways. How do we first of all react to that squad list, Ross, in terms of the num- oh, sorry, the names there, sorry? Well, obviously, I'll, I'll go through them one by one. Um, just looking at the exercise, um, see Harvey and Watson, two good players who've been keep. Key, key members of the team, um, especially in this last uh, half of the season. I know, obviously, Harvey, I believe he played every league game this year, this year so uh, he's been a vital part for us. Um, he only played half of one. Oh. <laughs> Up in the oh, yes, year. the Rotherham game. Um, <laughs> and a few suspensions along the way. Yeah. Um, Standard procedure with him. But, but obviously, um, it wasn't down to injury. And then, obviously, tonight... Um, was so unfortunate in the back end of the season where he was really starting to pick up form, and then he had that big injury, which really dented the um, our chances when it came to the playoffs. And um, is and obviously um, I feel he's a, a good, really good player to have on his day. Um, so I'm pleased to see them two obviously um, get an extension. And obviously with Kasumi McEachran, um, obviously. We don't know what's happening, but I I assume that obviously um, they need a bit more time to think about their decisions or or elsewhere. Um, but again, two players who I wouldn't mind obviously extending their contracts uh, because of on their day they're one of the best in the division at what they do. Um, Kasumi, we know we know in previous episodes um, how big of a player, how how much he can change a game in such a short period of time, and then McEachran dictates the game his passing 
his calmness and everything which what he brings to his side is is nothing short but or brilliant really and then uh just looking at the the few people who didn't get made um contract offers Aidan Baldwin I was speaking to Joe about two weeks ago when when this 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 list came out and I said about Baldwin being a good player and then Joe mentioned about obviously his game time he hasn't really played a lot this year um obviously we saw Sheffield Wednesday, I believe it was, um, how good he can be, but you can't really be having players um, who aren't playing more than, what, 15 to 20 games a season. Granted, he's a backup, but when we needed him, he wasn't there and he was he was injured. So I think you can understand that. And then obviously you've got Bird um, and Freeman, two obviously academy boys, just didn't work out for one reason or another. And then we've got Brandon Mason, who was always cover, um, obviously, with uh, Watson going out uh, so late on, we brought him in for cover. Um, and then Wickham, a key part in the team. But obviously, for one reason or another, I assume it's his age and maybe um, there's better options out there. And then, obviously, Boateng, one person who we've spoke about plenty of times this season um, about his potential or what he could improve on. And we'll... Obviously, the uh, key point of his goal at Bolton, um, it's I I won't forget it because obviously um, that week was was hell for us fans, and um, he rewarded us with obviously I know it ended up being a point, but it seemed to be three points at, at that time. But yeah, Boateng, he's been a great servant for the club, and um, yeah, I wish him, I wish well, I wish all of, all of them all the best, and um, let's just hope uh, Liam Sweeten's got a few more up his sleeve. Yeah, so I bet we just go to all of them. And was there any surprises there for you, Ross, Holmes those released? Um, by sounds, um, but no, not too really. No, no, I wasn't surprised because um, obviously um, you've got to be sensible on these things. But um, Boateng, I can, I can imagine he's probably getting paid a fir- first 11 um, budget. So it'd be nice to obviously utilise that going forward in the summer. Yeah, and I'm sure the likes of him and probably probably Connor Wickham are going to get League One offers again next season if they wish to take those up. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I think for me I, I echo most of that. Um, of course, we'll see what happens with, with Kaz and Josh. I mean, I, I expect Josh personally to sign on. Whether he does, who knows? We're going up your speculation at this point. Um, but yeah, I think that list when it came out, I wasn't too surprised. Uh, I thought maybe a slight inkling that Mason might get a contract, but then I saw some of his personal sort of tweets and Instagram stuff that he does and I think you could tell that he's, he's not fully focused on football too much so that makes sense um, Joe what about yourself what did you think of the retainist overall um, yeah <clears throat> sorry yeah like Ross um, no, no surprises really um, Harvey yeah just a steady Eddie been really good at times this season and so it's only right I think that he stayed and more than happy with that and tonight yeah he was really ramping it up as the season went on he, you know, he was a bit of a bit part player in the first half of the season due to the form of Kyoso, but he got his chance and he, you know, he really did take it. And um, in the end, uh, we didn't. Oh, yeah, we signed Kessler Hayden, didn't we? But yeah. there was, you know, Watson was keeping him out of the team for the, the start of his day. Um, so yeah, yeah, not really happy to see them sign on again. Um, obviously, you've got Kasuma and McEachran. Um, Like you, I expect McEachran to sign on again. I think that this happened last year. He took took a little bit longer. Um, you know, it's their prerogative, it's their careers. Um, so I think he, he, that one is, um, yeah, just, just wait and see what happens. But I expect McEachran to sign on. 
Um, Kasumi is a funny one because obviously he's available on a free transfer, but actually due to him, due to his age and being for our academy, I think we're due, you know, we would be due a fair amount in, in um, compensation. So with that, one thing I would say is, you know, in terms of contract offers, this it, he hasn't actually played more than, I think it's around 25 games in the season for us. Now, it almost reminds me a bit of Joe Walsh. When he does play, he can be one of the best in his position in the division. However, he doesn't do... He hasn't, you know, in the three seasons he's been playing, he's not been able to sustain a full season. Um, I'd like to keep him, but if he's, say, you know, a top three, top four, five earner, and that's the sort of money he wants, then I'd maybe be a bit more cautious in terms of whether or not that's a move we want to make. <clears throat> I think similar to someone like Aidan Baldwin and Conor Wickham, they both, you know, had really good moments this season, but, you know, you can probably find someone of similar ability who can actually, you know, you're paying them 100% of the time, but they're only available for 50% of the time. And I think in the short time Conor Wickham was here, you know, he because he's almost like, you know, in Rob, Robbie Simpson we had in League Two, you know, he was there when we needed him and he was, you know, the ultimate pro. And it's no no slot on Conor Wickham, but unfortunately, you know, he's, he had, I think, maybe two niggles um, at times this season where we could have done with, you know, uh, that option. And same with Aidan Baldwin, he just wasn't available. And it's, unfortunately for both of them in their careers, that's sort of the story of it. Um, you know, decent players, but injuries have really hampered them getting any consistency. Jay Bird and John Freeman, yeah, look, they, we saw them in glimpses, but I think it was... You know that maybe just not, just not not here, not now. It's just wasn't 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 for them, unfortunately. Um, Brandon Mason, yeah, again, he was just cover, um, so you, you can't be too surprised with that one. And Hiram, yeah, like we say, you know, he would have been on. He was on a three-year deal, just got promoted back from League Two uh, into League One. He would have, you know, he was one of the marquee signings that summer. So I'd imagine he would have been on a, you know, decent wage, and for someone that started. Probably, I don't know the numbers, but off the top of my head, but maybe 15 or less league games this season. I think, you know, the money's maybe better utilised elsewhere. And, you know, I think, you know, the reason why teams maybe didn't take him off our hands in the summer was because of his wage, potentially. Anyway, because we all know how, you know, Russell Martin really did have him out in the dark. Um, but you know what? He's never once have you seen a, you know, a... a shitty Instagram post or tweet or anything like that. He's got his head down and, yeah, one of the most, probably one of my favourite, even though I wasn't there, one of my most favourite goals of the season uh, up at Bolton and that iconic image of all, you know, all the players all together and the staff and well, what was left of the staff anyway. Um, so, yeah, no, thank you to Hiram. Unfortunately, it didn't work out how we all would have liked it to, but, you know, by no means was... Was he a villain or anything like that? He was, you know, he's a good pro uh, who did his job. And yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, time for both of us just moved on. Yeah, and to be fair to Hiram, I think his, his final dance in many ways, or his last dance, you know, he played pretty well against Wickham in the playoff semi-final. Oh, place. brilliant, yeah. yeah. That deeper role, you know. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. What, what could have been? Exactly, exactly. It's a shame for him that um, I think our squad was so good this year and we had such talent and he couldn't really get in it, to be honest. Um, well, in the second half of the season anyway. Um, I don't want to mention too many names in this episode because, quite frankly, it's not it's not really needed and it's too early for all this. But, of course, hit a bit of chatter about Theo Corbenu. Now, I, I think personally, 
we've got no chance of getting him back this season. But I saw a few fans potentially thinking of getting him back this season alone again. Um, I've, I feel like I know you, you, your guys' answer on this, but if you had the option of taking Theo back on loan again, would you do it and why? Why, why would you say your answer? No. Yeah, good player. I just think, though, that with these, these loan players, we've had, what, nine loan players this season? I think, over you know, because obviously we four returned in January, didn't they? Um, you know, we've seen how high the ceiling of some of these players can be. You know, Kessler Hayden, oh, sorry, um, Jamie Cumming, Connor Coventry, and Troy Parrott could could and probably should have been play, playing championship football last season. That was the standard they were at. And, you know, people like um, Peter Chioso, Max Waters, well, they were playing championship football in the second half of the season. Now, that's the sort of, you know, five out of nine loans that are pretty much championship quality there. Kane Kessler Hayden showed flashes, but again, he was he's young. Um, Ethan Robson, just very, very solid, yeah. you know, top end League One player. And um, Josh Martin, it, you know, that just didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, with Theo, I just thought he just did good. He just did fine. And for, say, because it's different with Robson, because he's, you know, he's in his mid 20s and he was, you know, he brought a lot of other stuff to the team other than just his playing ability. And, and he, I thought he brought the best out in other people. But with Theo, I feel like, especially in them attacking areas, if you're, you, you want a, t- a player that you couldn't normally get. And for me, he felt like a decently one player rather than an extraordinary, you know, you look at some of the play like uh, Sunderland had Jack Clark this season. You had um, last season, Forrest had Brennan Johnson and uh, Morgan Rogers. You know, you see these are sorts of players that they would not be in League One normally, but they're just there for the experience. So I think with how we've done with some of our loan players this season, you know, I think we can attract a higher calibre of, of player personally. Yeah, yeah. You see Theo's talent. It's, it's definitely there to see, but I think for me, consistency. And I don't think he's going to get enough games in this team to have a, a worthwhile impact to which, say, we could spend more money on a Prem loan who could do that, like a Connor Coventry, for example, or a Jamie Cumming, for example, as Joe highlighted. Um, Ross, I don't know what your thoughts are on it all in terms of Theo. So I'm going to play devil's advocate now. And I'm going to say, you're saying he's not a consistent performer, but there's a reason why Wolves have loaned him out for his development to obviously progress. Of course. And he's he's 20 years of age. So obviously same as Parrot. And we knew what Parrot went through at the start of the season. He went through that dip of form. And um, it was just a case of bearing with him. Is Theo the same? For a whole season, though, I'm not too sure about that. I mean... But, but, yeah. but he never really had the chance. So how can you judge him off a brief... Two, three game stint. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, I think for me, we'd seen enough of what he could provide for us, uh, despite the short stint. And I just think it was a bit one trick pony-ish to the fact that we didn't need to start him in a game. And that's why Liam Walter didn't for most cases. And yeah, we can put we can go to the AFC game, for example, as a perfect example where he is good, you know, coming on against a team who's gonna play a low block, sitting back, have a lead. And, you know, he served his purpose today. It was maybe a little bit selfish, but that's him as a player. And then, you know, we, of course, we got a result, which was you know, a big result at the time to get that one step closer to where we wanted to be. I wouldn't 
for the money he's probably on as a Prem loanee, which I'm assuming is somewhat decent, I don't think it's worth the investment compared to what we could get. Um, would I be mad if the club did it? Not particularly. I, I could see the reasoning, but I think for me, it's just a bit of a gamble that's not worth taking in a season, which I think for me is is a massive one, um, depending on the players we keep and where we are hoping to aim for this season. It's more the opportunity cost for me. Just what what, what we're leaving out there if we go, if we commit, you know, because like you say, you know, if you're signing players for your first team, you know, you can always sign another one. Whereas you've got a finite amount of loans. So you've really got to make sure that they're, they are the right one. Yeah, I'm sure I think that runs off the, the Theo conversation quite nicely. Um, we'll look forward to the summer now. I mean, we're not, I said, we're not going to mention any names, but we're going to stick to purely numbers wise. I mean, if you go off the numbers, so we've got 14 players contracted this for this season so far. With a 25 man squad, realistically, we're going to need 11 signings roughly. Um, if you boys don't agree with that, just let me know. But what sort of positions would you? want us to target in particular and maybe you don't have to mention names but players who you feel type of sort of personalities and players you feel would suit that sort of style and Ross you can kick off with that one if you like um, obviously uh, you've got the goalkeeping department I feel like Franco his heroics against obviously AFC um, I don't think any fans are going to forget that for a long time but is he really the answer to be our first first team goalkeeper probably not um, Jamie Jamie Cohen obviously set the bar high, very high in fact. Um, so that's certainly a position I'd I'd prioritise. But then you'd look at the other other end of the pitch and up up top. Um, obviously, losing Mo the way we did. Um, obviously, um, I've obviously uh, mentioned it to a few people now, and I've said how big of a big of a cost or miss um, it cost us in this this last push of the season and I do believe that obviously if we did have him um maybe the maybe this season would have went um different but I feel like we we do need numbers up top um I probably want another two more again I'll probably expect um Lewis Johnson to be loaned out um have another loan at maybe a higher level um so I'd expect another two more at least maybe someone on the cusp of first team and then someone like Max Waters or that sort of caliber of a player and then, um, obviously, it, it, it all depends on the outgoings in my eyes. Um, obviously, losing Twine and Darling, that it's a scenario, so we can't rule that out. Um, teams are going to be looking at them. And if the money's right, the money's right at the end of the day. So, um, obviously, there's going to be plans in place for these sorts of players to, obviously, um, if, if they do depart from the club. Um, but, yeah, if, if I was prioritised the a position right now, I'll be looking at up top and um, the goalkeeper. Yeah, I definitely echo those two positions. Um, goalkeeper, one hundred percent. Someone who could command the box. I think I really enjoyed seeing that from Cumin, which we haven't really had in a, a little while now as a goalkeeper until he came in. Um, so yeah, tall frame, strong. This is isn't afraid to come out and take control of his area. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Jamie saved his game this season. It's no doubt. If he didn't have Jamie there, would be you know probably in. It's like fifth, sixth, and just hanging about there, really. But yeah, we were right up there, and and coming was one of the reasons for that. Um, yeah, as as Ross said, strikers absolutely huge with Mo's injury. Um, probably the most important position this summer. Um, don't think we'll go crazy because we have obviously got Mo, but I do think we'll recruit heavily in that position, and hopefully, it's two 
strikers who we feel can contribute to the system well. And yeah, you know, I think I think it's silly to say, but one of them's got to be a pretty good goal scorer uh, to, to either com- well complement and also compete against Mo this year. Um, I think right wing back. I know we've got tonight, but for me, it's I think having two really good ones is massive. Um, obviously, Kane Kessler Hayden. He was very raw, but you could see the talent there and having a player there who can compete with Tanai and offers a bit of a different sort of system and dimension to Tanai is quite big. Uh, so probably someone who's a bit more pacey, attack-minded, um, can have a shot rather than a cross. Uh, I think for me, that's probably one that I'd probably put on the same level as a centre-mid. Um, of course, we've got Matt Smith, who I'm expecting to have a big season this year. Kind of sort of similar path to Matt Ryder, really, in terms of the spending really six months on a training pitch. You've had a few games, but nothing substantial, really. Um, whereas now this season is going to be counted on a lot. Of course, it's League One instead of Championship, so it's a bit of a different environment for him. But we need someone alongside him who's going to be a bit of a battler. Um, maybe that is Kasumu, but we don't know who's, if he's staying or not. So, yeah, someone who's going to win, win us some battles, but is also you know quite a confident player on the football and uh, isn't afraid to play it backwards as well as forwards. So yeah, I think I think those are four positions for me. It's, it might it may seem a lot, but we're going to need eleven players realistically signing. So I think to get four or five players in positions is probably my priority there. What about yourself, Joe? Um, yeah, I think obviously goalkeepers the main one. We we've got you know Franco who's done a sterling job for us when needed um, against AS Wimbledon, but yeah, I, I I think one thing with goalkeepers as well, and there's been a bit of a trend of it lately, is um, you know, going for a younger youth goalkeeper, and it's obviously we did it with coming. And I dare to say that it's a lot cheaper to, you know, go for say, obviously, I don't think we'll be able to get him, but look at Portsmouth with Gavin Bazunu, Bolton, uh, a brilliant goalkeeper in James Trafford. Um, and then you had a couple in League um, League Two as well. Um, in the Championship, you had likes of Nathan Baxter, who was in League One the season before. So I think it's a really good area where we can get a goalkeeper that is championship level, essentially. Um, so that's where I'd, what I'd be looking for in that department. Um, yeah, the wing-backs. Um, I mean, Dan Harvey didn't really have too much competition the whole season, really. Um, and so, you know, just to be, someone to, to push him and, you know, make him raise his game as well as, you know, compete for a starting spot. The same with the right wing-back. Defence is looking pretty good, but obviously there's that risk of Harry Darlin leaving. Um, Zach Jules is adequate backup, more than adequate backup. Um, hopefully, he's you know really learned some things on his loan loan move. Um, so yeah, centre mid. Um, yeah, I think you're right what, what, with what you say there. Obviously, we've offered contracts to two centre mids, so it obviously remains to be seen what what happens there. And then it's in the forward areas. You know, we could have X amount of million to spend if Scott Twine does go. He's got two years left on his deal, so you know we might not. We might just be quite happy to just hold out and just say, "Look, you know what? If we're not getting the money we want, we'll we'll have him for another season." And Scott doesn't seem like the type of guy who's going to be kicking and screaming and and trying to force a move and play, you know, play a dirty. You know, he doesn't seem like that sort of guy who's going to have a strop if he doesn't get a move. Um, so, but I think if a club, if a, if a right move does come in, then the club will. You know, we'll 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 accept it, and you know we've seen before we, we've we've moved on really well from players, um, 
and then of course up front, yeah, maybe um, a bit more. Obviously, with Mo, his main asset was his, you know, finishing. But with Troy, his his best asset was his physicality and his work rate. And same with Max Waters, really. So yeah, another sort of character and, and player like that would be great. So yeah, there's there's obviously improvements to be made throughout the team, but I think you know on the whole the spine is there. However. You know, obviously there is the danger of Darling and Twine, probably the main two, leaving. But if either of them are to leave, then I think that there would be the funds available to, you know, improve or if not sign good replacements and, and spread the money around the squad as well. So, um, yeah, I think um, I, I think the loan market, again, is going to be huge for us. And I'm sure play, like teams are absolutely gagging to send us their best young talent. So, um as you know recently I'm just every transfer window I'm really excited and even if we are going to lose one or two I'm excited to see who we're going to bring in to replace them yeah and even if that you know that, that spine does you know essentially go you know I think we go from being a what a, a top 10 top 12 budget if that to a, probably a top 6 budget straight away um, which is fantastic and as Joe said we can spread it around the squad get some much needed depth as it's going to be needed for I think all the teams at the moment um, but mo- mo- mostly us because of the quantity of players we have released and of course the ones that got back on loan so yeah it's exciting and I'm always like a transfer window um, I think they're really really good especially the summer ones and yeah it's, it's of course it's a bit nervous with certain players but it's also very exciting to see who's going to come in here we're going to be watching for the next nine months or so speaking of the next nine months um, yeah we've, we've got five confirmed teams Heading into League One next season, of course, from the Championship, we've got uh, Peterborough United, uh, our good, our good local friends, uh, Derby and Barnsley, and then for League Two at the moment, we have Forest Green, and why am I forgetting the other team's name? Exeter City. Exeter City. Our League rivals two. from yesteryear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exeter City. Oh, don't remind me about that away day. That that was. <laughs> that was I can't, yeah. I've still got bad memories about it now, getting flashbacks, but yeah. So, yeah, so Forest Green next City from League Two. And then, of course, the winner of Port Vale and Mansfield on Saturday afternoon will join them. We'll start with the Championship, gents. How do we feel about the three teams coming down? I suppose we'll start with Posh. Um, I think for me, they're probably the strongest out of the three, you know, obviously where they finished higher than the other two. But I think heading into next season, they might lose a few players. But as we've seen with McAntony and his investment, he certainly backs his team to uh, off the pitch anyway to do well. Yeah, I think um, and one thing you, you you know you mentioned about losing players. Well, they lost probably their best players to Ricky Dembele in January. They had you know their kind of marquee striker attacking signing, um, uh, uh, Jake Jack Marriott. Jack Marriott. Yeah, he was injured for a lot of the season, and towards the end he started getting in and really. Um, really making a bit of an impact and actually since Grant McCann took over they were good not not good but <laughs> they were better um, I think you know that first half of the season just left them too much to do really um, but I think you know we look you look at what Grant McCann has done in the last year he was doing a very good job at Hull um, in the championship and we saw what he did last season it was just um, you know not, not much fuss and he got Hull up was, was it as champions in the end as well Hull? I believe it was yeah Yes, it was. Yeah, so and, and and that was without any sort of glitzy, glamorous players. So they're going to be strong. Um, I think that you've got Barnsley, who they they're a funny club. Barnsley, 
but they've got some very good players in their team. But I think that they could lose quite a few of their players because a lot of them are youngest on the younger side. So with with Barnsley, I think it's just it depends who they keep. And then with Derby, I think it's just one big question of of um, well, one does the manager Wayne Rooney stay? Um, Wayne Rooney is the manager of Derby County. Just in case anyone didn't know, um, <laughs> Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Um, obviously, um, looks positive, I think, regarding their takeover. So, you know, if all of a sudden they can, you know, get the money together, well, there's another team in in um, in the in League One that are getting crowds probably of t- over twenty thousand a week. So, you know, if they can get things together, then you wouldn't think that they're going to be one of the teams with a smaller budget, let's say. Um, obviously, you know, we did see last season that they had an absolutely tiny budget. So, yeah, the team's coming down. You've got some... It could go either way because if Barnsley keep... You know, it's always the case, really, because as well, the Championship and League One, there is quite a big jump. So if any of these... If those pe- people do manage to keep a few of their players and if Derby do manage to get the takeovers secured, then I can see them all being quite actually strong. But I'd probably say Peterborough are the most well-suited to next season as it stands. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'd say it's a, it's a fairly a fairly safe bet to see Peterborough be up there. I mean, the, whenever they've been in the league, well, they've always been a really competitive team. As I said, they've always had investment. Uh, the chairman's ambitious. Teams usually really good football, ambitious also. So, yeah, I'd be very surprised if they're not competing towards top of the league. Yeah, Darwin's a question mark for me. It's hard to predict what's going to happen at the moment. I think even if they get a takeover, their squad is just going to be so depleted. Um, it's, it's going to take a big, a big, big job to do whatever they do next season. If they somehow get, you know, top ten, it'll almost I'll, be a Charlton sort of situation. Yeah, really. If they get if they get top ten for me, I'll, I'll I think that's a very very good season for them. Um, I don't I've, if they even get promoted, then wow, that's an incredible job from Rooney and Co. But I just don't see it. And yeah, Barnsley, I don't know. I mean, they've got a few ex-Dons players in there who are decent. Of course, Calbritton and Carl Morris. Could they both move on? Potentially. Um, but yeah, it's hard to tell. They, they play good football, a bit like Peterborough. So I'm sure they'll be on the right side of the table rather than the wrong. Uh, Ross, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the three relegated teams in the championship? Well, Peterborough, well, let's hope they've uh, improved them wooden away seat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. I've been looking forward to this day. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it's just a poor away day. That's you, you're allocated mean, wooden away seat, I hope. Yeah, yes, hope, yes, yes. Yeah. and I will be sitting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, if we just talk about the squad, obviously John, Johnson Clark Harris. Um, obviously, we we know what he he's like in League One. I believe he scored. He's been been in the League One for Bristol as well. Um, he scored 15 plus goals a season, so. He knows where the net is, and um, if Peterborough were to stay out this 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 season or the previous season, which has just gone past, um, it was down to him. Um, but there's also one player on that side. If they do keep um, Sammy Schmodix, I I really do rate the kid. Um, I don't believe he should be at League One level, so it'll be interesting to see whether obviously um, they keep him. Um, but as as Joe's just said, they've got some really top players. Obviously, Frankie Kent at the back as well. Um, so they've got the decent spine. It's just whether they can keep hold of the talent. And I guess you can really look at the other two and say that as well because of these championship players um, who didn't mind, obviously, playing for their clubs. It's going to be really question then, questioning their um, ambition of whether they want to actually play at League One level because of, obviously, um, 
for one reason or another, that these Derby players have got to take pay cuts um, if if the um, takeover doesn't happen, or even if it does. So, uh, yes, yeah, three teams who are, who I expect to be within the top 10. Um, but, yeah, as as both you just said, I think Peterborough are the, definitely the best shout. And yeah, transitioning to League Two, um, of course, Forest Green, Exeter, Bristol Rovers, and then one of Port Vale and Mansfield. I'm, for, one, for one, I'm glad Northampton aren't in that, in that couple. We forgot Bristol Rovers, didn't we? We did, we did. I'm going to read that bit later <laughs> Just on. Just that one in. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Forest Green, listen, it's been a river rough. I'll speak to one of the guys as the podcast for him. Um, and yeah, they've, they've had a rough off-season so far. Of course, the gaff has gone to Watford. Kane Wilson, the player of the season's left. Um, Matty Stevens went down with a pretty serious injury towards the end of the season. Uh, they've still got Jamil Matt for now, uh, who I think will be staying. But it's tough times for our screen, isn't it, Joe? I'm, I'm not sure how to do next season, but without the gaffer and the best player, I think it's, it's going to be tough for him. And they probably lost their most uh, one of their most important players, if if not underrated, in Ebu Adams, who's gone yeah. all the way from League Two to the to Cardiff in the Championship. So, one thing you've got to say about Forest Green, though, is their recruitment's been spot on. Really, um, I think their um, director of football, sporting director, whatever you want to call it, actually turned down an approach from Portsmouth. Um, so, you know, with him at the helm, oh, I can't remember, I can tell you his name, I'm afraid, but. Um, you know, he's made some savvy appointments, you know, Rob Edwards, you know, n- none of us really probably would have heard of him. And he look how well he's done. He's now managing a team just relegated from the Premier League. Um, of course, they're going to need a lot of uh, rejigging. Uh, Jamil Matt's not getting any younger. But the thing is, I think I think their football will suit League One. They're going to be playing football. You know, I don't think there's any danger of um, them being a team that's just going to try and just stay in the division. But then again, Cambridge and Cheltenham were teams that, you know, maybe were a bit more pragmatic in their approach, but they both had good seasons as well. Bristol Rovers, they had a couple of excellent low knees. Um, they had a defender from Stoke, I think it might have been Taylor, who was unreal for them and probably the best player in League Two, who should not have been in League Two, and Elliot Anderson, whose record was frankly quite disgusting. And I'd love for us to look at him. Um, this season um, so yeah and and you know to be fair to Bristol Rovers they were down there and they had a really strong second half of the campaign and same with Exeter they were there or thereabouts but then a really strong second half of the campaign put them you know firmly up there and you know that Exeter team one of the best things about it is probably there's no sort of superstars so you can't see many of them like really being nabbed but so I think that they'll be able to keep the sort of the core of that team together and just build on it. Of course, former Don Sam Nombe was actually um, quite quite an important part when he actually played for them. He had a bit of an injury. So um, three strong teams, I think. I think Forest Green, they've got a bit of work to do um, and, and Bristol Rovers have to replace a few players. But I think, um, and obviously there's, um, Joe Barton's been uh, linked to a few jobs as well in the championship. So, yeah, I think Exeter are probably the most steady, but I think Bristol Rose and Forest Green, if they do get their recruitment right, like they did last summer, they, they could be up there as well. You know, we, we've not really seen anyone come up and have a complete, you know, disaster of a season in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, be really interesting. Really, I think it's just really interesting, actually, because all yeah. three of them I could see get pushing top half, really. 
Yeah, I mean, even Matt Taylor, to be fair, saw some interest in me from some other clubs. I mean, it sounds like he's staying based off what his comments were today. But yeah, say some in-demand teams and I think three teams who, yeah, I think as Joe said, they're going to be looking up rather than down. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to say what the recruitment will be like this summer. Um, of course, some of them will have bigger budgets than others. Forest Greens, I imagine, will be quite large considering the conversation I imagine they got for Edwards and, of course, the Adams fee they got. Um, but, yeah, three exciting teams. Ross, what are your thoughts on the three promoted teams so far? I feel sorry for him in, in a way. But as a, in the same uh, vein of breath, um, obviously, as a fan, you're excited because of... We found out this year, League One's been one of the toughest years it's ever, it's ever been. And with, obviously, Barnsley, Derby and Peterborough coming down, it's only making the team or the division um, a lot stronger. And I feel like these three teams, yeah, they might have the momentum now, but um, they're playing against some big crowds. And obviously, uh, some of these players, uh, just look, just looking at, obviously, the Forest Green and the Exeter side, if I just name a few, obviously, you've got, I believe it's Nicky Cadden. Um, you've got Giovanni Brown for Exeter. Young players who are probably playing in, similar to our squad, playing come next season against Sheffield Wednesday and all these big crowds and one of the biggest crowds of the season. And, um, all stadium all MK. So yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Um, the cauldron. <laughs> um, yeah. They're playing in, in front of the biggest, biggest crowds of their career. So it'll be interesting to see how these teams do adapt because of, as Joe, Joe's just men- mentioned about Exeter, they haven't exactly got loads of players who, um, on stats look great, but as a team and, um, that, yeah, I think the main word is is they're a team, and I think obviously yeah yeah it's great to have quality, especially in League Two. But we saw how difficult it was to get out of that division, and um, yeah, quality doesn't always get you through it. It's just about sticking together and um, just pushing through that uh, that physical barrier as such. Yeah, and we saw how far that team like Wickham did this year, um, and they're a team. I think they don't think they have, of course, they have good players, but I wouldn't say any of them reset out as top quality, maybe two or three, if that. So, yeah, I think I think League One's going to be a scrap next year, as it was this year. And as Ross said, you know, having a team, I think it's very valuable. And I think that will suit teams like Exeter and, well, Exeter especially. And I think one of the two teams coming up via the playoffs in Port Vale and Mansfield, both shown really good resilience to get to where they have done this year. Who'd be fancy on Saturday at Wembley, gents? Port Vale or Mansfield? Ross, what do you think? Uh, do you want my personal opinion or my footballing head? I'll take both. Uh, my footballing head, Man- Mansfield will win. Nigel Clough will get him over the line. He's been he's been being here before and uh, he knows the playoffs. But um, yeah, I, I want Port Vale. I've never done Port Vale, you see. I've done Mansfield oh, away. Oh, it's, it's a treat. It's, it's a yeah, treat. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Not, Mansfield, Mansfield away is not great. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I'll have i be looking forward to Port Vale for sure. Yeah, I, I say I'm, I'm there on Saturday and I really, really hope Port Vale will get the job done, but I can't see it. I, I'm going to see, I say, with, with the teams that have come up so far, Exeter, horrible away day. I mean, some people say I look like it. I have bad memories about it. Um Bristol Rovers, not the best either, really. Of course, Bristol's all right, but the actual stadium, no thanks. Um, Forest Green's all right, but only because you've got a terrace where people just climb in. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Mansfield are going to do it personally, uh, which is a real shame because I think Port Vale was such a brilliant away day and I really want to do it again. But, 
you know, we don't get what we want in life sometimes. But Joe, what do you reckon? Is it going to be Mansfield or Port Vale? Well, Mansfield, I mean, they've got their 30-goal-a-season man in Jordan Bowery, haven't they? So, probably, what, four, three, four goals for him on set. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think one of the most impressive things is Nigel Clough, you know, he he's a good manager, um, just quite simply. Um, although, Daryl Clark, the Port Vale manager, he's he's not been in the dugout for a very close family, family bereavement. Um, just come back for the last couple of games. He signed a five-year deal. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to backfire at all, is it? Um, not at all. But, but yeah, anyway, both good teams. Um, I think Port Vale are very, almost a bit like Cheltenham last year. They don't concede many, don't necessarily score loads, but they get the job done. But Mansfield, they've got some firepower and they can grind out some results, but they have had the odd clangor here or there. And one of Mansfield's biggest strengths was their home form. I think I saw a stat they had won 13 out of 15 at home. They lost one, which was, I think it might have been against Oldham, which was just a mental game. And then the Forest Green game, they, uh, I think both teams needed it, needed a draw. Forest Green to win the league and Mansfield's guarantee playoffs. So that was a bit of a nothing game as well. So, you know, they're, they're, a lot of their form has come from being at their own turf. So with a neutral venue, maybe you might side a bit more towards Port Vale. Um, Port Vale cracking away day. I absolutely love it. One of my favourites. Um, it's just, yeah, your typical in the middle of nowhere, northern cheap town. Great. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, love it. <laughs> it and good, also it a big pitch at Port Vale. So that will help being there quite nice for us. So, yeah, hope it's Port Vale. But Mansfield have, have probably have the better firepower and I'd say the better manager as well. So, yeah, I don't know to answer you, Liam. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough one to call. I, I just feel that it's going to be Mansfield, unfortunately, which is it's, yeah, it's, it's shit, but it's what it is. Thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the MCOM podcast. Um, we can't probably tweak the episodes at the moment because we don't know what's happening regarding transfers. So we'll see what happens there. I'm sure once they start rolling in, we'll come back and speak to you guys about what we think about them all. But until then, enjoy Jubilee weekend. Have a nice break and come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.